Hi, you guys. How are you doing? I hope your weekend's going to ride or whenever it is that you're watching this. It's nice to see you again. This is uh, Lost Arts Radio Live, and this is show right the day after Christmas. So, Merry Christmas, and I'm not telling you what religion to have or anything like that. I'm just saying it because it's totally politically incorrect. You're not supposed to say anything specific like that about uh, Christmas in particular. But I thought I would bring that up because... You know, they had Christmas yesterday, and we're supposed to be not just giving presents to people, although that's more challenging now when you can't go to see anybody in person. But we're supposed to be demonstrating things like harmony and love for everybody and in everything that we think and what we say and what we do. You know, that old basic spirit stuff that preceded the craze about all the presents and everything. Not that presents are bad, but there's actually more meaning to it that is supposed to be there not just once a week on sunday or saturday or whenever your religious day of the week might be but um not just once a year like on christmas or some holiday but all the time it's a whole different way of looking at basically everything and i don't know if you've noticed but the world's gotten pretty far away from that and they still acknowledge when christmas is and and holidays and things like that but the spirit is different it's really different and it's not anybody's fault it's just kind of evolved in that direction and even the people who are promoting the degeneration of life they're victims too although it's a lot harder to see that so there's a lot going on in the world right now that is the extreme opposite of love and harmony and world peace and all that and most people can't look at these bad things going on without really feeling depressed or angry or frustrated or all of the above or just like they're going crazy actually when you start realizing what's going on it means that you're getting less crazy and starting to get clear but i want to look honestly at where we are at this point in history for the few minutes that we've got together on this day after christmas so um see what needs to change for us to have any chance to bring things back to what not the new normal that's being pushed on us that's total insanity and worse but the real normal that should have been all along so any chance to become i guess what dr greer stephen greer calls a level one civilization you know that's the kind that has figured out finally after thousands of years of fighting that you don't really have to kill yourself as as a civilization level one if i understand it as he means it correctly it's the kind that's not suicidal and that might be safe to play its part in the larger picture of everything and not like a a level zero civilization that we have now where if you look at the civilization as a whole it's involved in trying to destroy itself completely being helped along with a very specific plan in that direction so i i'm suggesting that to look at that to look at a little bit of what's going on in the world right now we try and experiment so before we get into looking honestly at where the world is right now see if you can imagine an image and a feeling that goes with the image in your mind and the feeling is critical it can't just be a picture or it does nothing it has to be an image with a picture and it can be whatever for you 
is the most beautiful and uplifting and inspiring thing that you can imagine in your life or it can be a real memory or it can just be something that you imagine or would have liked to have been or something that feels incredible. Not talking like, you know, a drug high. I'd rather have you think of something that you really felt good about in real life or would if it actually happened. It's This sounds silly maybe, but it's a really valuable skill that if you develop it, it can help you in your life in a lot of very interesting ways. It's not becoming unaware of what's really going on. It's putting yourself in a an emotional condition where you're going to be strong enough to look at what's really going on without being knocked off balance by it. And the trick is to hold on to the image with the feeling that you like while you're looking strategically at what's going on in the world. And then you can look at the difference between them. So if you relax now and imagine that, tune into what it feels like, that's the whole key. If you don't imagine the feeling with it, it doesn't work. And keep it there. That's the kind of beauty and harmony and good energy that needs to spread all over the world that we're supposed to ask for at Christmas or other times like that. But actually, you're a key part in starting the chain reaction that makes that actually happen. And the first step is saying, can you do it in yourself? You know, your mind will come up with all these excuses. Oh, it's not realistic. You know, they're uh, what they used to say. Well, I won't go into that right now. But just your mind could say all these terrible things that are happening in the world. You can't feel good. That's not okay. And you could ask your mind, um, excuse me, but why? Because, see, the hidden strength is if you can tie back into that feeling good, and then hold on to it while you look at what's going on in the world, you're not going to be off balance. You're going to see it for what it really is. You're going to see what you can do, and you're going to be a lot stronger to do something to contribute to an improvement. So see if you can hold that for more than half a second if you haven't already dropped it. And it's an exercise that you can come back to if you see the value. And there is a lot of value. But it, it takes some practice to hold it while you're looking at the so-called real world, what's going on in it, because it can be a bit disturbing, to say the least. It can make you totally go crazy. And this is a protection against that if you practice enough so you can hold that feeling and look. And then if you have to fight for a cause or for self-defense or for something else like that that's worthwhile, you fight for what you love, not against what you hate, and there's a massive difference in the outcome. If that's it, if that was the end of the show, and if I could share that with you, that would be good enough. But just as an experiment, let's take a look at some of the stuff. Recent developments worldwide, I think the most obvious one is that we're supposed to be terrified of the most terrible and deadly pandemic that has ever been known on the earth. I think you've probably noticed that where you live. Maybe it's the worst in the entire solar system. And if you're living, sorry, if you're listening to us now, you're one of the few lucky ones that have left have been left alive 
And, and I'm not the only one saying that. In fact, during the 2020 presidential campaign in, in America, Joe Biden, one of the two main candidates, in case you didn't check on that, uh, said that 200 million people had been killed so far by this terrible pandemic in America alone. And, you know, that's why everybody is stepping over bodies in America. You can't go 10 feet without another dead person that you have to step over. And it's really terrible. Two thirds of the entire population, you know, mostly dead bodies, actually, most of the population. Not that that's true, but that's kind of the image that we're supposed to have and be suspicious of each other and block off our own breathing as if that's going to make us healthy and immune. I mean, it's it's a consciousness test. And a lot of the public is not passing it at this point, but they could. Just because you fell for that doesn't mean you have to keep falling for it. It's a big thing in the news and it's not there by mistake. It's not because, oh, there was some terrible bad luck and a, a, a horrible pandemic came by mistake out of nature or from a bat somewhere. That's not exactly the real situation. Um, but in most of the world, the people are so addicted to the corporate media that they're convinced that there's this really deadly disease on the loose and it's killing everybody and they don't think clearly about it enough to realize that there's some pro there's some things wrong with that picture. They just think it's very contagious. Million, hundreds of millions of people already have it, if not billions, and it's about to kill everybody that it hasn't killed yet. And that's just assumed. So they don't have to explain the death numbers to you. They just explain what's called the cases. And they don't tell you that... Uh, uh, and don't worry that sensors or monitors or anybody, this is information that you might want to have too. Uh, we're not going to give any misinformation on this broadcast ever. So even though they don't tell you about it, the actual overall death numbers in America, for as an example of the rest of the world, they have been almost exactly the same uh, as the, this year as the last four years. So if you let that sink in, then you have an idea what's happening. Um, so that's about the same as the last four years. We're not supposed to know that, obviously. We're supposed to just be afraid. It's fear, fear, fear. And the reason fear is used as such a central element in the campaign for the consciousness they want you to have, which is helplessness and dependency on the experts, follow orders immediately whether they make any sense or not. That kind of consciousness is, is really good uh, to be created by fear. And fear has been determined by governments and certain religious organizations and uh, corporate gangs and different people like that to be very effective if you want people to be locked in this little box of not being able to actually see what's happening. And in this case, you're supposed to think the only thing you can do is, you know, cut off your own breathing just partially. You can still be breathe enough to be alive, but you have to reduce your oxygen and increase your CO2, which damages your immune system. That's been written about extensively, not allowed on the main media, but it's well, well known. And um, 
In fact, the amount of oxygen that's behind your mask is below OSHA minimum requirements for a safe work environment, and that company would be shut down if you were breathing the equivalent of what you're breathing in the mask. So you have to do that. You have to stay away from everybody. Um, let's see what distance. Well, if you measure it in three directions, say in a circle, 60 to um, 120 degree angles, so three different points, you have to stay six, six, six feet away from everybody. Just by coincidence, you know, there's some people attached to the 666 number. And in fact, if you cannot look at anybody and don't talk to anybody and certainly don't do anything really radical like singing or breathing too much or anything like that, and cover your face, of course, don't forget that, even though the doctors have pointed out that the masks are like chain link fences to stop a mosquito, they're not extremely effective with viruses. And also, I, I remember that even WHO, which is an absolute unquestionable authority on everything, according to the academic world, has said that, uh, sorry about the uh, asymptomatic carrier thing, that was a mistake. We knew it was wrong at the time, but it was actually just a mistake to tell you that. So... If people who aren't sick and have no symptoms are not contagious, kind of makes you wonder why they're wearing a mask, right? But you're not supposed to think about that. Um, you're supposed to listen to the science, and the science is just defined as what the authorities tell you to think. And that's the end of it. The science on everything is totally settled. And there, the person who came up with the slogan my mask protects you and your mask protects me should get some kind of an award. That's brilliant because that provides the motivation for you to harass other people. Even though if the masks work, it should protect you fine. But if they're not wearing a mask with this new slogan, you can go and harass them or at least turn them in and in some places collect money for that. So you're supposed to believe that the masks are directional and you have to com force compliance on everybody else because yours doesn't protect you even though you're wearing it, even though it's cutting your breathing down and the amount of oxygen you get. And don't think about the contradictions and the lack of common sense in that. That's completely not allowed. In fact, you're probably a racist if you do that. And if you believe that the masks are directional, you may be very interested in buying as much beachfront property in Arizona as you can possibly get because the prices are really good right now. So the best defensive attitude you're supposed to understand is fear, anger toward the people that are seeing through this stuff and that aren't wearing masks. And it's your patriotic duty to turn them in or at least harass them. And the only thing that can save everybody is science, not the real science, but the science of memorizing what you're supposed to think and harassing anybody who tries to question it. That's the new science. So now this new science has a DNA altering vaccine that will save the world. And it's a great, in fact, I'm not kidding. The, there are people with advanced degrees of all kinds who are literally saying that that's what's gonna happen. And they don't need to find out what's in the vaccine because the experts have already taken care of that. 
and they've already said it's safe and effective and it 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 saves the world for 95% plus of the people. Well, one of them I think saves the world 94% of the time. The other one 95 and there's probably going to be it's been predicted one that saves it 110% of the time soon, but that hasn't quite been achieved yet. But even though it saves you and you can't possibly get sick, you'll still have to stay away from everybody. Don't look at people. Try to keep plastic um, barriers between you and everybody else and wear as many masks as possible, one being the minimum. And just to be on the safe side, um, you know, the, the idea that People who are not sick can spread the disease. You're supposed to believe that. This is one of the biggest things obviously happening in the world right now. And the people who are selling the vaccines realize that if they could get everybody in the world to have one vaccine, they'd have to be insane to stop at one. You know how, many, how much money that is and how much damage they can do. And if you have one a week, say, or more than that, wouldn't that be much better? You could get a lot more, um, like Gates said in a TED talk famously, if we do really well with vaccines and, um, what was it, reproductive care, that means killing unborn babies, but you're not supposed to think of it that way, then we're gonna do really well with reducing population. So, if you get the shot multiple times, your DNA is totally corrupted and you get extra bonuses in the vaccine like polyethylene glycol, which is related to a chemical used in antifreeze and so you know it's good for you. And cells from abort, cloned cells from aborted babies, uh, ingredients to make women unable to have babies by attacking the placenta. That's, we posted articles from doctors explaining that. And lots of aluminum, which is a a nutrient that everybody needs because it kills brain cells and it, it disrupts in the function of other organs, things like that. That's not from me because I'm not an expert on anything. It's from the doctors and scientists that we've posted on lostartsradio.com. And besides, the aluminum is exactly the right amount in the vaccine. It will only kill some of your brain cells. So there's nothing really to worry about about it. it in fact, you, you don't want to be too smart because it would be unfair to people who aren't as smart as you. And this makes things more equitable for, uh, you know, things to be fair in society, which is really important. Um, fortunately, the existence of the pandemic and the safety of the vaccine have been proven by science. And the vaccine, as we said, is over 90, quite a bit over 90% effective. So you might be wondering if you're somebody who doesn't just obey the science as you're supposed to. How did it get proven? And the answer is, of course, with the gold standard PCR test. And if, if anybody says that something is proven with the PCR test, you have to just believe it and not question anything. Um, because the PCR test is an incredible example of how far modern science has really advanced in our time. It's just it's amazing. It's worth starting a new religion like scientism or something like that. You really should start that right away. I think you can have that religion while you have your other regular religion too. Or if you're an atheist, you can still be a scientist. 
scientismist, I guess is the correct terminology, um, to understand what's behind that. There's a man named Kerry Mullis that you're not supposed to ever hear about. It's not C-A-R-R-Y, it's K-A-R-Y, Mullis, M-U-L-L-I-S. He's still online because they figure nobody's going to be very interested in finding out who he is. He's only in the he's only the inventor of the PCR test, and uh, he knows a lot about it because he created it. In fact, it's such a valuable tool in the laboratory, not for diagnosis, but just for looking at things that are almost not there in a tissue sample. It can take a little insignificant shred of DNA and blow it up to any amount uh, necessary so that it can look gigantic. So he, and then you can study it, you know. So he, he invented that process and the establishment said, wow, this is a great process and they gave him a Nobel Prize. Now we're starting to see why they might have done that. Because it's basically just a high-tech magnifying glass that will make something almost not there look like it's gigantic. So Carrie Mullis on a video, which we posted uh, more than once, I think, on lostartsradio.com, he explained that it's to pick up minute traces of almost any kind of genetic material out of any biological sample. And we know that because uh, high officials in Tanzania and other places like that have submitted uh, samples of goat tissue, papaya tissue, I think it was papaya, not mango, but yeah, papaya tissue, a handful of soil, somebody else sent in some Coca-Cola. They all tested positive with the PCR test. And so we're going to look at how that could possibly be attained. Um, he said it was so powerful as a process that little tiny, almost insignificant, almost non-existent bits of genetic fragments which are everywhere uh, using PCR, his words, you can find almost anything in anybody. And he wasn't kidding. In fact, that was an understatement because if Coca-Cola can test positive for uh, SARS-CoV-2, then you know PCR can not only find anything in anybody, it can find any, anything in anything, whether it's a body or not. And he explained that obviously... I mean, this is like too obvious to even have to mention, but you can't ever use this for a diagnostic tool to diagnose a disease. That would be ridiculous because you can find anything you want in anybody or anything, which may be why you got a Nobel Prize because now it's coming in really handy. See, what happens is I said it was like a high-tech magnifying glass and any of you doctors that want to correct me on that please feel free to richard at lostartsradio.com. But I've talked to many of you already, and I'm pretty sure this is exactly correct. They have what, what's called cycles in how they use this process, PCR. And each cycle magnifies this tiny, minute sample, like you're looking for some particular shred of genetic material. Just They don't have a sample of SARS-CoV-2 to compare it to, of course which would you might think if you had common sense they would need that, but no, they just need a little shred of what they think might be able to be called that. And every time you run a cycle of the test, you multiply it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So if you get over, uh, I think it's like 30 or 35 cycles, you can show 
a, a truly insignificant bit of any genetic fragment to be overwhelming and an immediate threat if you don't understand what, what you're actually doing, which, or if you're paid to not understand what you're doing. So there's something called a viral load that's really important to understand. And what that means is the amount of a certain virus that's circulating in the tissue, if it's a lot, if it's over a certain amount, then the theory is, which it could be true because it, it, they've shown it's how measles and things spread. If the viral load is a certain level, then the people around are affected around the person with the high viral load. So you can tell something about contagion. But if you have a process like PCR that blows up something that's almost zero to look huge, can, can you kind of see what I'm getting at here? It, it tells nothing about the real disease um, situation affecting a person. And it says nothing about their contagion or anything like that. But they've just decided that you run it this many case, this many uh, cycles to make it look really big, and then you call that a positive case. Okay, if you understand how to do that, maybe you can get a job uh, testing people for or working in a testing lab or something. If you want to be part of the deception, but that's how it works. And then if you want to show that somebody is uh, not sick doesn't have the disease or is cured or is prevented by vaccine or something like that, then you don't run very many cycles. Just run a few and it'll show that there's practically nothing there. If you can grasp that, you've got the whole understanding of how the pandemic was created. And if you work for the corporate media or the um, aspects of the healthcare industry that are highly involved in spreading the panic about this, even though I know it's your job to help terrify everybody, you should stop sometime, maybe at night when you're by yourself or right now, you don't have to let your coworkers know that you're having unapproved thoughts or anything. You certainly don't want to do that, but you could realize you're part of a deception that could destroy life on the planet. This could be one of the steps toward that. And in fact, there are reasons to know that that is exactly what it's for. So do you really want to be involved in that? And I know in the academic world, high level degrees in public health and things like that, that you're, you're trained not to question on authorities that are defined as unquestionable by definition. And no, you don't ever question them. They're the super experts. They're the authority. You can quote them in your uh, published papers and no one will question that who's within the system. So this is highly unauthorized to tell you to actually think. And thinking means questioning, in case you're wondering. And real science, which you're supposed to be promoting, right? If you're in the public health field or anything related to that, I mean, they do what they call making policy. You probably heard of that, right? In your education experience. And that means you're, you get to make a law without Congress 
without legislatures. You just declare it. You can have this little public comment period, which you can ignore, and then you just say this. But because you call it a policy, you don't have to go through any of those required steps, and you can enforce it like a law. And just, you know, everybody's guilty until proven innocent, which they don't get proven innocent almost ever. So a possible reason that Kerry Mullis got this Nobel Prize, which the Nobel Prize system is part of a much larger organization that you're not supposed to know exists. Kerry Mullis could have gotten the Nobel Prize because the rulers were saying, Carrie, thank you. Do you know what we can do with this? We can dominate and control the world. We can destroy economies. We can starve people to death when the economies fall apart far more than any virus could ever do. We can make everybody so desperate that they will give in to world government, even totally unrepresentative government, through the UN and the Bank of International Settlements and all these high-level elements of the power structure because they'll be so scared and we'll have the proof that they're all about to die because of your invention. Thank you, Carrie. And it's just an example that technology is not evil at all any more than money's evil or firearms are evil or pitchforks are evil. or These are all tools. PCR has a legitimate use which Kerry probably thought it would be used for. He didn't really understand who he was giving this to or what they would do with it. So for proving that everybody's got a disease, PCR is just perfect. It's a great technique. And you just run higher cycles if you want to show somebody's positive. And uh, it's great for proving an even more deadly virus is here because which they've just announced, you know, in parts of Europe and England and places like that. And you just say, well, we'll don't worry, we're going to test it with the PCR test, which PCR is not actually a test, but they kind of call it a test at this point. Everybody gets used to saying PCR test instead of PCR procedure, just so that you know it's a definitive test of whatever you wanted to test. It also is a way to prove that vaccines are safe and effective, just in case you need to do that and sell seven billion of the seven point eight billion of them to governments for each time you want to vaccinate everybody. And so this all fits together. You know, you need new strains of the virus to come up out of nowhere, whose existence is proved with PCR, because then you need another vaccine. I mean, everybody knows that. So. Why would you think that there would be no new strains of the virus that need immediate attention coming up? That would be suicidal from a business perspective or from a eugenics perspective. So I expect new strains of the virus to keep coming up nonstop. And one of the beauty, beautiful things of this plan on the part of our rulers is that they don't need an actually dangerous virus to do this. If they had one of those, which they have lots of those in the bioweapons development labs that are still working in the U.S. and many parts of the world, they could let one of those loose any time if we get too out of hand in their opinion. But then they'd have to be careful too. And they don't have any protection against that because they know that vaccines don't protect against anything except health. So, 
anyway, as, as I was saying, it's it's the PCR procedure, PCR test, is perfect for showing that the new vaccines are safe and effective because here's what you do in case you want to prove that, which you might get a good job if you can prove that for people. You test everybody who gets into a test group, like they take a 1,000 people or 100 people or however many are going to be used to prove that it's safe and effective to get vaccinated with aluminum and aborted baby cells and the usual stuff to help your health, you know. And you test everybody who gets into your test group and make sure you do low cycles and that will make sure they're all negative, right? None, none of them are sick. And then give half of them the experimental shots. Anybody who dies is disqualified from the test because it's obviously unrelated. So they're just going to mess up this, the uh, results if you let them stay in. I mean, obviously they have to be buried or something if they die, but you don't let the numbers from that stay in the test. You do low, low cycles. Oh, and then test the group that got the experimental shot and do low cycles to show that they're negative, except maybe one of them do high cycles so that you know it's a real virus, right? Because one of them tested positive. And that shows near 100% effective. Like if you have 90, if you have 100 people in the test group and you do PCR and high cycles on five of them and low cycles on uh, 95 of those 100 people, that proves that your uh, success is 95%. It's 95% acceptable. You can get emergency use authorization to start injecting it into people and kids and old people with frail health and pregnant women and people everywhere. Um, and then the ones that die from the shot, you just say, proves COVID-19 is killing everybody. We need more shots. And that's basically how you do it. So it's a great career opportunity if you have no morals or ethics and you want to hurt people. But it probably pays really well to get into that at the highest level you can. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I've got more here than I can cover, so I'm just trying to see which things to still talk about. Um, you eliminate from the final report the people that got sick or died because, by definition, uh, the shots are safe and effective, so it can't have any relation to that. And then you start forcing everybody to take the shot all over the world to save humanity, and you're the hero, and you probably do get more Nobel Prizes. That's the basics. I mean, we could repeat it again, but you can listen again just to make sure you understand. Um, and that pro that provides a lot of new COVID-19 deaths, which means you need even more shots and better ones too, even better. It proves the need for that. And it also proves the need for eradicating anybody who's crazy enough to be against masks and vaccines. The anti-maskers and the anti-vaxxers, they need to be if not eradicated, they need to be isolated for their own good and everybody else's protection in isolation and re-education camps, which are being built all over Canada right now, but they're already available all over the U.S. and other, some other countries. And then when the infertility comes up because of the ingredients and other effects of the DNA-altering shots, that when they start showing up, you just call that proof that COVID-19 is causing Infertility, I mean, it's like the most terrible disease you can imagine. It causes heart attacks and cancer. Infertility, COVID-19 causes dementia. It causes high blood pressure. It causes insanity. 
I mean, you just can't imagine how bad it is. And you arrange the statistics uh, within CDC to prove that. And then everybody knows more vaccines are urgently needed. And you announce the new strains that are discovered, which are much, much worse. Everybody knows they're way worse because that was what we kind of knew would happen. It would just get worse and worse. And if you get enough vaccines fast enough and you get rid of the anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers fast enough, then you can still save the world. And saving the world is the whole point. And it also requires more censorship of dangerous misinformation, which we would never allow on any of these radio programs that could encourage crazy anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists, which are already rampant all over the place. They haven't been eradicated yet. So the pandemic situation, if you look at it honestly, is a lot like the emperor's new clothes. And in that story, that old fable, the people were be, were afraid of being seen as unintelligent because only the really intelligent people would even be able to see these fantastic new clothes that the emperor was going to be wearing. And uh, so they all said they saw the clothes. And in the story that we're in, you know, the one called The Real World in Your Life and that story, um, we're afraid of being called anti-science like the people in the emperor's new clothes were afraid of being called uh, low intelligence or low class. So they all said, uh, so people in, in the world now in our movie, they say, oh, absolutely, it's the worst pandemic we've ever seen. I mean, we can hardly drive any, well, we're not allowed to go anywhere anyway. If we were allowed to go anywhere, we'd have to be stepping over bodies all the time. And the lockdowns, which... Of course, they will kill millions of people and psychologically scar people are definitely necessary. We can see that because we're not anti-science and forced vaccines are necessary. Tracking and controlling everybody's movements and actually their thoughts have to be controlled too or else the disease could spread faster. Those are all necessary. Um, anybody who tries to realize the scope of the fraud that it could possibly be coordinated to this extent, globally, um, will be seen as crazy. And, and it's really too scary and disoriented for, disorienting for most people I have. It doesn't mean people are dumb to fall for the pandemic. It's very sophisticated. I, I know personally a lot of uh, very intelligent people, high IQs, good motives, you know, good people. They really want to live good lives and everything. They absolutely believe in the Emperor's New Clothes story, the, the pen, Emperor's New Pandemic, you know, whatever you want to call it. They're not bad and they're not stupid. They're conditioned. They're supporting their own enslavement, which is so blatantly obvious in the name of their safety. And they forget that even though it was acknowledged in America specifically, it's true, no matter where you live in the world, that your rights, you have something called natural rights. And uh, I think it was maybe Clarence Thomas in the U.S. Supreme Court that talked about that and really got attacked for it. And it's understandable because the idea of natural rights is that just by being alive, you have certain rights and they are what's called unalienable. They're talked about and mentioned in the um, Declaration of Independence 
in the U.S. Declaration of Independence. And they're called unalienable rights that everybody has. And the governments are instituted among men, and meaning men, women, kids, everybody, to protect your rights, your individual rights, not to take away your rights supposedly for the good of the greater group. That's collectivism, communism, whatever you want to call it. Uh, tyranny, basically. And America was specifically established with at least the theory that tyranny is not a good idea. And a lot of the people who came here were running away from it. Now it's being reestablished. And it's not just against Native Americans as the victims. It's not against just the black people as the victims. It's still against them. But it's also still against whoever you are. You're targeted. You can be black, white, brown, yellow, red. It doesn't matter. Now it's more inclusive, right? Everybody can be a slave and can be exterminated. That's the whole point of the program, in case you're wondering. And Benjamin Franklin once said, those who give up essential liberty to purchase safety deserve neither liberty nor safety and won't get it either. And it's understandable why you give up your rights to try to be safe because fear is dominating you. But in the end, that's not a good strategy and you don't get the safety either. Another way to say that and kind of translate it into what's happening now, giving up awareness or consciousness to purchase comfort that our rulers are telling you the truth is a similar thing. You know, getting into living for fear is not a good idea. Um, the U.S. election is an example of one of the uh, most blatant fraudulent elections in the world history that we know of massive video and affidavit evidence. It's not disconnected from the pandemic thing because for several reasons. One is, what are you willing to believe? You know, are you willing to believe that with no difference in the death numbers over the last four years, including this year just ending, that they're all the same, that there's still somehow a terrible disease that's killing everybody? Okay, you're willing to believe that. Are you willing to believe that somebody who wants to, who is completely unpopular, couldn't get anybody coming to their rallies or things like that, and who speaks incoherently, won this smashing landslide victory in an election? Are you willing to believe that? Hopefully you are, because the idea of the rulers is to put this person into power, and he wants to immediately make a national, federal-level mask mandate uh, meaning pro probably that like in Australia and the UK and some places in parts of Europe, you can actually be arrested or beat up if you don't have a mask on, if you're actually breathing free. You're breaking the law. Well, not the law, but the order. I don't think it'll be a law, hopefully. Um, the election was that obvious, and they're about to push it through. It's still not a done deal by any means. There are things that the media is not talking about that could change the ultimate result, mainly because in one way or the another of the massive evidence of the crime um, is already available to be handed to, to the public, actually. The Supreme Court said they won't look at it because they're already bought off by the people that are invading the rulers that want to control everything with fear. But there, there are avenues to 
still fix this that don't involve the courts and that would if the president who's in power for the remainder of his term right now is brave enough he could still use them effectively and if not it's up to the people themselves and that's the last option but we'll see what happens i don't i really don't know which way it's going to go um there's a scale of collusion that's becoming visible not only in the pandemic but in the fake election and other things that is almost beyond imagination and most people won't easily imagine it because of what's called cognitive dissonance it doesn't match their view of reality there's cooperation between these corrupt federal agencies the supreme court the state courts the republican party in cooperation with the democrat party media state and local governments international hacking of voting tabulation machine all working together to make sure to install an agent of uh, the chinese communist party basically who owns this candidate and, and a devoted globalist open to international um, involved in open international criminal activity putting him into power and he actually lost by a massive margin which you could tell by the rally no enthusiasm and people going to the rallies but it really begs the question once you see what's happening and what's about to happen to america potentially which is going to affect every country in the world it really begs the question were any of the criminal officials who are running most of the countries in the world now were they actually elected the ones who claimed to be or was it versions of the same scam running in all these different countries this doesn't mean that trump is an ideal candidate it means they hate him because his motivation is good and i've i've been attacked this week by so many people for saying that trump's motivation is good they get on the live stream comments and all kinds of different places and they say you're crazy his money he's obviously evil but if they calm down for a minute and say look we want to find out whatever is true it's not about defending your point of view somebody's evil or not evil that doesn't matter what matters is finding out what's actually true and if you find out that you're not correct including me or anybody you're happy to change because you don't care about defending your point of view you care about knowing what's actually happening and there are really obvious reasons to see that the things trump has been doing many of them which he has actually accomplished are not the work of the deep state and now there's information this week from a meeting that he was in trying to overturn the fraud in the election that the people around him are all traitors and screaming at him his own attorneys which i think he should have fired immediately uh, just got rid of one traitor uh, attorney general and got another one just as bad in from what we can tell he's surrounded and the fact that he's still alive is a miracle but i i really trust the mainstream media they don't spend four years slandering and attacking and suggesting that somebody is killed unless they're a good person but he still has made mistakes in areas of his ignorance and i told you before good and very smart people can have what you think are you know areas of ignorance that are impossible and they're not impossible i've talked to hundreds of people about you know examples of this and i know personally so many 
definitely good and very intelligent people that think the vaccine will save the world and that everybody should be forced to take it. I mean, I know that's hard to grasp, but that's the reality. So Trump is going to have to learn about the reality of, of these things, too, if he's not going to play his part in world destruction. Going along with the pandemic stuff, you know, he's playing a huge part in destroying the economics of the whole world and, and the health of everybody, potentially the DNA genome of everybody. Um, it's pretty serious stuff. So the fact that he has good motives doesn't mean that he won't do something that will destroy the world. You have to see this at a deeper level. It's not black or white. Everybody is not controlled opposition, which I've been really hit with that a lot this week. Controlled opposition is where somebody's pretending you know, to do something good, but they're not really doing it. Real opposition is where they really do something good and they tell the truth and they stick with it and they fight against massive op opposition to try to help. You know, and you have to have some perception to tell the difference. It's very subtle. Anyway, the, it's clear who the rulers want sworn in and if they get their wish, then he will act to accelerate the destruction of the country intentionally, not as a mistake. Uh, he's promised national mandates for masks right away, forced vaccines, open borders, reinstating TPP, reinstating climate laws, which are suicidal for the whole planet. And I'm a devoted environmentalist saying that. I don't think, I don't agree with most of the Republican people who have attacked me about that. They say the environment stuff is all nonsense. It's not nonsense. The life support system of the planet, if, you, if you're not smart enough to protect that, life disappears. It's pretty important stuff. But looking at the climate change stuff, it's being used as a total hoax. And what's going to be what they want to bring in, calling carbon the enemy, which is ridiculous. Carbon is plant food. It's not the enemy at all. And if you look at the bigger graph, as Don, Dr. Easterbrook and others have done, you see that we're in a very, very low carbon percentage in the atmosphere now. And you also see that there's no correlation with uh, temperature. And I know that'll drive a lot of people crazy, but they can just think I'm, you know, insane for saying that. But that's how it really is. And the new, uh, if this new president gets in, he'll want an immediate social credit score, uh, supporting the Great Reset, supporting the Green New Deal, a trans agenda for kids, reinstatement of child trafficking, tolerance, rejoining World Health Organization, as quick as possible firearms confiscation, permanent total censorship. Ramping up of UBI, which is, again, national suicide, the universal basic income. And if you don't understand that, which a lot of people don't now, and they think getting free money is fantastic, that could be a series of shows in itself why that's not fantastic. But basically, one of the reasons to, that you can understand is that if you get the government supporting you with checks of universal basic income for everybody – while they shut down real production and take over, eliminating small businesses everywhere. If you don't think, speak, and act in obedience to the way you're supposed to supposed to act according to your social credit score, they just click off your universal basic income and you starve. It's not really a very good system, okay? And there's no motivation for anybody to do anything. 
So the productive ability of the country disappears and it goes into total slavery in a dark age. And that's happened over and over and over again. And the people are dumbed down to follow it, thinking that this basic communist system is going to give everybody everything they need for free. And gee, why didn't they think of that before? But the problem is there's nothing to give after a while. And the money, which is just printed with no backing of any kind, becomes uh, valueless and you're in a real bad situation. And every time people have to learn that by uh, experiencing it, which I don't think is advisable, it's not fun and we should avoid it. So at this point, almost all of Congress on both parties is complicit, probably taking bribes to, to be that way. The latest stimulus bill, which the president has gone along with in both parties, pretty much everybody in Congress, um, is blatant theft of resources, although the president has said that there are some major things wrong with it, and he's absolutely right, and is seen as extremely radical to even say that. But if you look at the bill, this latest one, it's like unbelievable uh, theft. The government has has no authority to do it anyway, but, but what's in the bill is mostly gifts to criminals in other countries. It, it's just totally unbelievable. Uh, and then undoubtedly kickbacks will come from that, which will really be appreciated by the congressmen and women. We've got criminals running the country. Um, shipbuilding in Sri Lanka, you know, stuff like that is what the stimulus package is for. It's just looting the non-existent money, which is just being issued by the private company called the Federal Reserve. And the purpose is to destroy the currency so they'll have to put in a new global currency to save everybody. And that'll be one that tracks everything you do. So it's really not a good idea. Um, but seeing this coming, if the president doesn't do what he's supposed to do to stop the fraudulent inauguration of this uh, criminal, coming into office before January 20th and millions of Americans, it looks like they're likely to rebel, but how seriously, we don't know. We're going to find that out pretty soon. Um, the corruption is at fatal levels for the uh, survival of humanity, and a lot more people are realizing that. So we started off with the idea of Christmas and told you to do an experiment stay connected to something beautiful in your mind while we look at what's going on around us. And I, I doubt that anyone was able to do that, but I, su I suggest getting good at that. How does the idea of Christmas fit into all this? Well, what could it really mean in this environment to love your enemies, for example, when they're destroying lives intentionally all over the world and obviously working to enslave and exterminate Life And I spent 20 years verifying that and pretty sure it's true at this point. So does loving your enemies, which is advocated by the people who believe in Christmas in general, other than just the presence, mean being a complete idiot and letting people destroy all that is good in the world? Um, life and death choices for humanity are happening right now. And the small number of top levels con level controllers made this choice a long time ago and that plan was enslavement control and extermination it's a ceremonial sacrifice of the biosphere 
loving them looks like it's really a stupid thing to do and impossible anyway. They're basically the ultimate enemies of life on earth. But the deeper level of love is different, you know, that Christmas is talking about. And it doesn't mean approving the crimes of anybody, real crimes. Not some stupid regulation, but real crimes that hurt people. It requires seeing a lot deeper into what's really happening. Remember, you might have heard a quote somewhere back when you heard things from the Bible at some point, and it said, forgive them for they know not what they do. You could say, how is that possible? People, criminals know exactly what they do, but only superficially. Forgive them for they know not what they do was said about murderers and really serious criminals. And it was still said, so why? It looks like they knew what they were doing, but that's only on the surface. On the deeper level, they didn't. Because if any of us knew when we were making mistakes like that, committing acts against other people and doing things that are harmful, if we knew that we're just one family on a deeper level, not just one family, but actually one being in different forms, we'd never want to intentionally harm anybody even emotionally, even hurt their feelings. So, no, when we plan and cause harm and spread deception or plan to exterminate life on a planet like certain people are doing now, we don't know. And even the worst criminals are in this category. They're victims of deception. And I expect a lot of people to say that this is crazy and I don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, at some point, when you're by yourself, just be quiet and look at it. Because if you think that you can't be fooled like that or fall into hurting somebody and think you're doing good, be careful because arrogance is dangerous. Um, at some point you realize it could be you and it's just total grace that it's not at this point. Or if it is and you're listening to this, you can change. So... You can't have arrogance and have clear vision at the same time. It doesn't work. There's basically no reason for that kind of false pride and no place for thinking that you couldn't be deceived. We've all got uh, susceptibility to fall for some kind of lie. And once you realize that, you can't condemn anybody. You still want to stop all the bad actions, obviously. You care about people, so you don't want this stuff to keep going on. But you don't condemn anybody. It doesn't make you weak. <clears throat> it doesn't cloud your vision. It doesn't make you helpless. It doesn't make you unable to fight to defend yourself or other people. You don't need hatred for that. In fact, you're a lot more effective without it. It's just the opposite. It makes you a lot stronger. With clear vision, it makes you conscious. And another side advantage of that when you become conscious, it's contagious. It's really contagious, and you don't even need the PCR test to prove it. It can start a wave of awakening. It could do what the whole idealized purpose of Christmas was about. Aside from the religious aspects, I'm saying what it's about in your actions and how you're supposed to treat people. And if that wave of awakening is strong enough, it can reach and change the worst people who are intent on destroying everybody right now. It can make even the most serious bad guys stop and change course. 
consciousness changes decisions and actions and it sees through the lies and it can't be deceived. So a conscious population, which the founders of America, by the way, said was required to make a constitutional republic even workable or keepable, conscious population would never fall for masks or vaccines. They would laugh and they would laugh from a position of strength. Conscious people wouldn't be partisan. They, they would be truth-oriented. They would never accept voting machines in elections. That's ridiculous. Only paper ballots and constantly visible chain of custody, no matter what county or country that you're in. Visible counting. No intelligent, conscious person would ever be racist. That would be laughable. They wouldn't have a trace of that in them. They wouldn't be against black people or brown or red or yellow or even white people. They wouldn't even hate white people. They have no racism. That doesn't go with consciousness at all. It can't go together. No matter how much the media wants you to think that we're all racist, you would never fall for it. And it would know things like medicine does not harm people. It has no damaging side effects. That would be ridiculous. Real medicine supports natural healing. Consciousness wouldn't accept central banking or GMOs. would never eat that kind of garbage. It wouldn't consider it as food, poison food. It wouldn't be around Wi-Fi and 5G and radiation-emitting technology. Consciousness would know that firearms and self-defense rights are essential to freedom. And it would not accept poison food, air, or water, or any of the countless products that we're supposed to put on our bodies or use in our houses that are sold that poison whoever uses them. 98% of the, what passes for the health industry now would be seen as irrelevant and it would become obsolete. And doc, the good doctors who had really wanted to help would learn what healing was all about and they'd practice and teach prevention. The trauma care and emergency doctors would still do the heroic work that they're doing because they've been doing fantastic work but they would get, gradually get rid of their toxic chemicals that play a part in that, and they replace them with life-friendly materials. And there are some. Dr. Circus has done a lot of work on that, if anybody wants to know. When consciousness gained enough focus and healing power, the vast network of crime that has darkened the world would dissolve. People within the network would feel a change of heart within the evil network. Even those of you who are in it who are watching right now would start to think, wait a minute, something not right about what we're doing might not be good for us in the long run. Let's think about it. So we, even the top level rulers could be rescued out of their hypnotic trance. It's not too late. Even now, the biggest secret that the rulers are hiding from you is not about the PCR test. It's about who you are. We have that power, but it doesn't do any good if it doesn't wake up. There are ways to do that. It might be good to have a holiday for that and to think about it. So um, celebrate any Christmas or any other holiday you're celebrating or just time off or whatever. Do it for real. Don't just keep doing the same thing and thinking the same and living the same. Become conscious. Wake yourself up. You will affect everybody else just by doing that, even if you never say a word. It is powerful. It's not a myth. It may have been forgotten, but it's still there. We can do it. So we're over time. I apologize. Um,
Sunday show is uh, tomorrow with Julie Wentz, who's this heroic individual who's being conscious about freedom. She's in the state of Arizona, but she's coordinating with the similar leaders in other states. Really courageous person who had no, really nothing physical to start with, no re resources to speak of. And she said, we just got to do this anyway. Otherwise, we're all going to end up as total slaves. And, you know, with the treat forced treatments that are against the Nuremberg Code that we're about to be subjected to, we're not even going to know we're slaves anymore. That's not a good plan. And she decided to do something about it. So you might want to watch her tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern on Lost Arts Radio. Um, and the other, th and support us if you want to, if you want us to stay on the air. Count the number of commercials we had in this show. It's the number we're doing in all of them. We're totally dependent on you. So if you want to help, that's appreciated. There's donate buttons on lostartsradio.com site and also on lostartsresearchinstitute.org, our nonprofit. And there's a Subscribestar account, subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. But if, you, if you're really struggling for money and don't have it, please don't give us anything except tell people about the show if you want to. And we're appearing on a lot of platforms now that don't censor, so be aware of that. Stay, stay in touch with our links on lostartsradio.com and you'll see where we continue to be able to be seen. Okay, so I wish you a really good rest of the Christmas holiday or any other holiday that you're celebrating or an atheist holiday if you're celebrating that I don't care whatever it is I really wish you the best and um, become conscious watch your it's really easy to be watching everybody else and criticize and condemn and it's uh, it blows your time away because you don't make any progress in yourself and that's where the real power center is still waiting for you to get in touch with it wake it up just doing that is going to affect everybody else and that's what you're never supposed to realize, just keep busy critiquing everybody else and saying, what an idiot that guy is, you know, this totally crazy, this is the right attitude. Okay, you can come back to that, okay, but just take a little break from it and switch the spotlight back directly on yourself. You'd be amazed how that affects everybody else. It's pretty, I mean, I wish I could explain it better, but it's really true. And, uh, Play with that and see where it goes. Stay in touch, too. Um, communication forms, contact forms are on our sites. Or you can always email, you know, whenever you feel like. And we have a Facebook page, too, if you want to look at that. So have a great rest of the weekend. Good rest of the year. And I hope we can all get together and decide to wake up and make next year a lot better for everybody. So have a good night. We'll see you here next time. Thank you. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. 
We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on two YouTube channels, Facebook Live, Periscope, which is Twitter, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channels at Lost Arts Radio and at Diamond Disc. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.